With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For some reason, I don't pretend to understand the lineups that they put out every day, but... The moon is in Scorpio. Um, Right, exactly. Yeah, I'm not going out on the on that branch that's already been like four, you know, ninety five percent sawed through, right? Like, just put it on a tee, man. So, yeah, it's hard to hit a home run off a tee than off Tanner Roark. <laughs> And welcome to Artificial Turf Wars, episode number 183, where we've decided that playing in New York is bad for your health. I am your host, Greg Wisniewski, and I am joined, as always, by the unforgettable Joshua Housem. Josh, how's it going? Not too bad. How about you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Uh, I am, I've given up uh, less runs than the Toronto Blue Jays have in the last, like, inning. Because um, I haven't given up any safe bet yeah uh wow okay so uh, let's talk about the ugly first i think and get that out of the way and then once once we talk about the ugly i will tell the nice people what we will get on to we will talk about hyunjin ryu and his rotation mates whoever they might be um about the pleasure that it is to still watch lord escuriel jr uh rake away um and we're going to talk maybe about which bullpen guys are going to make it into the postseason and make a difference uh, of course, that postseason rule structure is weird and different because it's the year it is. And then we're going to talk about injuries, and we're going to talk about injuries, we're going to talk about injuries. And we might run out of time, but if we don't run out of time, we do have your questions. And, of course, Tanner Roark, uh, th- Mr. I Get Better As The Game Goes On, is going to uh, have a chance to get better at doing do-overs as the podcast goes on. So... Allow us to dive into New York, where you just told me you predicted somewhere. I don't on have Twitter. this in writing on Twitter that the Jays were going to get swept. I mean, Garrett Cole, that's that's kind of a given. Basically, it's like I thought that the game they had the best chance to win was the first one. <laughs> <laughs> they lost twenty to six. <laughs> and then I thought, well, Garrett Cole against Tanner Roark is like a guaranteed loss. And then it was thirteen to two. And with, with, who carried a no hitter through six, right? Yeah, and then so this third one has not happened yet. So I hope I'm wrong. It's you know Chase Anderson against uh, Masahiro Tanaka, which that, I mean that could go the other way. It's crazy to think. So we, we last recorded as the Jays were winning two to one against the Yankees in Toronto, second game of that series. Since we recorded that, the Jays have given up double digit runs three times. And yet are only three and four. Like it's it's crazy to think that they've won almost as many games as they've lost in this stretch where they've had three times where they just got completely destroyed. Yeah, it it almost seems like literally which team is going to show up tonight. Um 
And, and obviously that's largely predicated on what the starting pitching does, but it seems like the bullpen choices maybe, or the bullpen effort is, is um, directly tied to whatever happens to the starting pitcher lately. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we'll get into some of this a bit more depth, but you know, it was really unfortunate. Like in that first one, you know, Tanner or Taiwan Walker's inning went completely awry with some help from right field. And then he just started giving up home runs. And then Shinya Yamaguchi, who's been so good, could not throw strikes for the first four batters. I think it was walk, 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 hit by pitch, hit by pitch or something like that. Like it was with a balk thrown in there. Now I am not an expert on, on the game day playmaker or from baseball reference that will tell you if anything has ever happened before. But I, I would have to think that the number of times that consecutive hit-by-pitch RBIs happened has to be pretty low in Blue Jays history, at least. I really hope it's not higher than two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I bailed on that game super early because, you know, it's the Yankees at home after about seven or eight runs. This isn't like Boston, where A, the team hasn't been that great, and B, um, Fenway is... is you know, a, a right-handed hitters in, in, in my brain, anyway, a right-handed hitters feasting grounds, which the Blue Jays tend to have good um, luck with. Whereas in, in Yankee stadium, the short court joke home runs and such are all very much tilted in, in the Yankee team's favor. So I, I, I bailed on it. Uh, when I saw those two notifications came up, I thought, Oh, thank God I bailed because I would be so angry right now if I was watching this live. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I watched some of it, and I didn't watch the rest of it. It was just – it's really unfortunate. You know, like if – even with the way it started, if if Shun Yamaguchi and Anthony Kay had been just like what they've been for most of the season, the game would have been a loss almost certainly because it was 7-1 to one when Wilker came out of the first one. <laughs> and – but not what it was. And then the second one, same kind of thing, I'm, you know – Jacob Wagesback was just terrible. And then Hector Perez making his debut wasn't good. I mean, you know, so it was just like, thankfully there wasn't their norm, their valuable relievers other than, you know, Kane Yamaguchi a little bit, but not their leverage guys that they were burning, but it wasn't good. No. And I, I think, um, when you are, you're up against, uh, Garrett Cole and you know that he is dealing and, and it's not, you know, a fluky, um, thing for him to be dominant when he's on he's having a good night i think yeah as soon as you're you're three or four runs down uh there is a mental thing where you you know you're really up against a, a big hill um and, and and the jays never did score a run off of cole the two runs came off of the yankee bullpen uh yeah both both just perfect storms of disaster pitching and then at some point well and defense uh, at some point, it doesn't matter what the offense does. It it knows it's it's done in for the evening. Again, in a park that is it's not well suited to catching up by hitting little uh, little loopers into the right field corner and and getting a home run out of it. Yep, thirteen home runs for the Blue uh, for the uh, Yankees tells me they are used to that. <laughs> uh, okay. So, other than being embarrassed by a catcher who was hitting 169, um, let's well, let's talk about. Do we want to talk about uh, the rotation going forward? I think that that was sort of our 
our first topic here. Hyunjin Ryu, top notch. I like this guy. They're paying him all the monies, and it's exactly they're they're getting the money's worth, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's just been absolutely incredible. All right. So the cloning machine for this man is is getting fired up. At what point? <laughs> well, he's been fired up. I mean, it's uh... <laughs> there's petri dishes and vials and little, uh, you know. It's, it's smoke coming out of something somewhere, uh, hoping that we, we get another Hyunjin Ryu. Because uh, the, the results have certainly been uneven from the Blue Jays' attempts to bolster their already severely injured rotation. Yeah, so, I mean, I give Taiwan Walker something of a pass because he's been pretty good otherwise. And, you know, like that one, like it's his fault for letting it get off the completely off the rails the way it did. But... You know, when you throw that many pitches in an inning, it does affect the rest of the pitches. So, again, something of a pass, but he has to be still better than that. But the rest of the guys, I mean, Ray was great, right? His last time out, he was throwing 97. Which, and... he, which he hasn't in ages and ages, which is really cool. But but the start prior to that, he was still walking people like crazy. So I, when I say middling, I mean, like, we, we don't... You know, nobody's come right out of the gate and the change of scenery has has worked the way uh, it did for. Wow. His name has completely escaped me. Um, Pittsburgh Pirate. No, no. Uh, oh, Liriano. Yeah. Liriano um, had a, you know, it, it was it was clear that the team had an idea of what Liriano was doing wrong, possibly before they traded for him in order to, to get him back on track, at least in the short run. Um, I think they were just like, let's trade for a little bit of everybody and hope something sticks. And it's hard to tell who's going to stick at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think the one they're hoping the most for is Ray a little bit because he's been pretty good two out of three times he's pitched. Uh, the first one, he gave up one run in four innings, although he got a little lucky with some batted balls. Uh, the second one, he wasn't good. The third one, he was great. So I think that of all the guys that are been pitching right now, the one that's most likely to get the ones that are most likely to get at least even some sort of consideration for starts that matter, you know, like if at the end of the season, if they still have somehow not qualified for the postseason or going into the postseason, are Ryu Walker and Raid. I don't think anybody else can be even considered, really. At least for the you know the early parts. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess we're also counting on um, you know Nate Pearson, um, which we'll get to um, the update a little later but we're counting on on someone coming back as well to step into the the slot that they were they were occupying previously in the season and and giving some quality innings somewhere in there there's a lot of cross your fingers at this point i think for for the blue jays rotation and that, that there's nothing they can do there's nobody they can trade for at this point there's no other move they can make that the roster no. they have is this is it yeah so i mean i think the real hope for the rotation i mean We'll get to the value of the rotation in a bit, but the rotation, the real hope would be Shoemaker because he's up to 45 pitches already in his in his live BP sessions or simulated games or whatever they're doing. He's going to go 60 his next time out. If he can be at 60 pitches his next time out, that means he could be 75 by you know when he comes back, and then 90 even you know like that's useful enough, especially with the way that the Jays have their bullpen set up. If he can throw 75 pitches and throw four or five innings, or 90 pitches and throw five innings. That has a ton of value. Yeah, absolutely. 
Still fingers crossed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's what we're doing. It's um, really Ryu and who, right? Like I wrote that in our thing. It's yeah. <laughs> well, but that, that's the thing though, is, is, um, I, a long time ago, the Jay started, uh, a season with the, they called it doc and the interns that you had Roy Halliday. You knew that this was, I believe the year after AJ Burnett left. And it was like, and somebody is going to pitch. <laughs> um, yeah. Now, these guys have a lot more experience than than that collectively. But as Tanner Roark proved, uh, experience makes you neither um, effective nor, uh, you know, necessarily a team player when, when it the team tries to use you uh, in a way that, that uh, maximizes your, your value to the team. So, um, yeah, you're hoping that your veterans bring more uh, of a team team-focused attitude. Uh, than someone like Roark has so far. It's difficult. Yeah. It's very difficult. The lineup has had less, I would say, trouble overall. Um, highlighted by Lourdes Goriel Jr., Player of the Week. Was it two weeks ago now already? I feel like it was a long time ago. Uh, yeah, I think it was two weeks ago because Nick was still on the podcast with us. Right, and yet, still... Um, out there killing it. How has how has his numbers stacked up in the last couple of weeks? Well, I mean, it's he's had some good and some bad, but it's more so much that he's maintained what he was doing, which because he's been very prone to hot streaks, as we've discussed probably numerous Too many times. times. <laughs> yeah. So you know, like the fact that he came out of the gate slow, right, and then he started hitting, and then now for the month of September, which is you know. 16 games. He's hitting 365 with a 411 on base and a 635 slugging and four home runs. And, you know, that includes two home runs in the last three games. So if he's doing this, when he's hitting seventh again today for some reason, I don't pretend to understand the lineups that they put out every day, but the moon is in Scorpio. Um, Right. Exactly. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but I mean, this is, he, he really, add some length because the Jays lineup has a few guys that hit and a lot of guys that aren't right now. So having him going is really important. Yeah. And I, that, that can be obviously frustrating at this point in the season. Um, but I feel like enough of the guys have showed that they've hit, can hit enough of the time that, um, this team has a chance of advancing, um, you know, past the first round because of that, uh, but it, it would be nice to have one or two guys doing things consistently that you knew, you know, where they belonged in the lineup and, and what they were going to do. Um, Guriel being on that list is a bit of a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Uh, well, we've discussed the starting rotation. We've discussed Lourdes Guriel. Um, you alluded to the way the Blue Jays bullpen is set up uh, with 5 million people in it, it seems, who all have to pitch every other night. Uh, but I suppose there's more nuance to it than that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I commented on this that one of the nice things was that happened in those two ghastly losses to the Yankees is that they only needed to get one out from Julian Merriweather, Anthony Bass, Rafael Dolis, and AJ Cole. One out. And one inning from Ryan Barucki. I mean, those are, I think objectively, they're five best relievers right now. And I think those are the guys... Oh, and Thomas Hatch also, right? Sorry, six best. Forgot about him. He also did not have to pitch in either of those two games. And, you know, if you're getting that, 
kind of production from those guys, it's and you don't have to use them on these blowouts. It's kind of the advantage of the way that the system is set up. But those are the guys, right? That that's who they actually are going to be counting on when the chips, you know, like chips are down, and it's like when the games really matter. Like those are the guys coming out of the pen, and yeah. Pearson when he comes back. Yeah. So um, absolutely, you you have this this group of guys who have had really consistent quality results over the course of the season and some of the names we were expecting to be good and others we weren't so much aware of whether they were going to be good or not and and i think um you know you you can see that montoyo here as you as you example is protecting those arms from overuse because he knows um he knows he's got the flexibility so maybe he is figuring out how to use this bullpen um as he as he lurches towards a postseason berth where where going to it early isn't going to be a, a you know a, a teeth gnashing gosh we've we've got to think about tomorrow thing it's going to be a we've got to get the right guy in there to get some outs because this might be our last game kind of thing yeah and i just want to speak, quickly spotlight dolis because i think he's the closer now i mean which yeah we're going to get to why he's the closer small tear shed from me and possibly a large tear shed from you yeah absolutely yes <laughs> but in his last 14 outings He's thrown 14 and two-thirds innings. He's given up four hits, two unearned runs. One of them was like the ghost runner that I hate the term ghost runner, but people keep calling it that, the fake runner they put on second base in an extra inning game. Yep. He's walked 10, So, but he struck out 20 and given up no earned runs in 14 and two-thirds. Seems closer-ish to me. Yeah. He walks uh, people because that's what he does, but he just doesn't give up hits. And it's not – look, no one's going to give up hits at that rate because that's crazy. But he gives up really weak contact. He's one of the best at limiting hard contact in baseball. When you consider that he could be considered – when you consider that – yeah. I got to use the word consider too much. He's the Blue Jays – is he the third or fourth choice to close You know, at the, at the opening of the season? Like the backup, backup, backup closer possibly. When the season started, I'd say he was actually probably second. But once the season got going a bit, four. Yeah. Yeah. And yet it's, oh, okay. Well, it works. As long as it keeps working, um, you know, he's not doing it with complete uh, smoke and mirrors. So go get him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, can, you can get – and I mean, if Jordan Romano comes back, if, because I don't think we have any ifs on him, if he comes back and somehow makes it um, by the end of September, the question is, um, is the flexibility to have Romano earlier in the game and Dolis comfortable at closer, is that worth it, I think? I think it probably is. Let, let Romano be the fireman. You know, two on, one out, second and third, right? The guy, the guy that come in and strikes someone out without worrying, you know, like with Romano's an elite strikeout pitcher, or he was. And... The, the Delise has these clean sheets because he walks some people. But yeah, I, I think that either way you do it, it will work. It, like they're so good that it's okay. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. They're so good that it's okay. Um, so yeah, you've got your, those six guys you highlighted. Maybe you get, get lucky. And now you think Pearson is coming back to the bullpen? Yes. Have they said they've that? Already said, they've yeah, already okay. said that. They, yeah. There's not going to be enough time, enough time to stretch them out to start. I mean, a guy who literally throws 100-plus miles an hour in the bullpen and doesn't have to worry about his third pitch so much. 
Yeah, just come on, throw 102 with a 90 mile an hour slider for an inning or two. Like that's okay. Look what he did in the Futures game last year: throw 103 against and struck out Gavin Lux. It, it's like Jordan Romano plus, right? Yeah, exactly. So you just, just wouldn't, wouldn't want to waste him when you know he has he has more pitches and he has you know more potential. But yeah, hey. yeah, it's it's the end of 2020 rule. It's not the 2021 plus rule. Exactly. Um, we are, we, we alluded to the postseason, which I, we're presuming the Blue Jays make the postseason here. We are. They are, they're still like a, it's going to be crazy if they don't. I'm just because of how many games the other teams have to make up with how many games there are left. 1987 has happened, but that doesn't mean it's likely to happen. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and other than this, again, this week, they've only gone three and four. It could have been easily a two and five or one and six week. Um, if they were playing quote unquote badly, um, with how many runs they'd given up. Yeah, if you look at the run differential, I'm sure it just looks ghastly. Uh, so, yeah, the, they just need to play an opponent who isn't uh, out of their worst funk of the season and, and on the warpath. It's not like the, the, the Yankees were on a losing streak when the Jays met them either. They had no. the 5-15 and 15 swoon, but then they had already won five in a row before. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, we all know the Yankees are a good team. It was nice that they had had kind of a dip. Yeah, and they got they got a bunch of guys back too. So like we don't have to keep going on this. Like no. the Jays are gonna make the postseason unless something really crazy happens. Touched my wood. We can go on that sounded horrible, but crazy. <laughs> sound like someone wanted to come into your room and be like, What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> uh so the postseason rules. What what you put it as a note. Uh what did you want to highlight in the postseason? Welcome to the bubble, you're only playing in these stadiums for the first time ever rule structure. Yeah, so the for, as we knew, the first three games are played in the higher seeds ballpark, one, two, three. That doesn't really affect the Blue Jays whatsoever because they have this crazy bullpen, you know, and these guys that can go deep and they've got Ryu and, and you know, Walker should be good for a start. But what hurts them is that now, if they somehow, if they get through that, I'm not going to presume that one. <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've already gone out on the limb. You're not going out on the limb that's past the limb. Yeah, I'm not going out on the on that branch that's already been like four, you know, ninety five percent sawed through, right? <laughs> um, now the LDS and the LCS are five and seven game series, respectively, with no off days, which means the Jays will have to use maybe Tenor Roark or Robbie Ray or Shoemaker or Stripling or multiple of these guys, because one. You know, like there's just more, there's less rest for the starters. So like Ryu can only go once in a five game series and the bullpen guys don't get the rest to be able to cover some of these guys. You can't throw Julian Merriweather for two innings every day. Like the, the Cleveland did with Andrew Miller back in the day because there's no off days. Yeah. And that does certainly, um, weigh heavily on a team that might have a big innings uh, deficit in their starting pitching, which is exactly the Blue Jays' biggest problem. Is that you, they cannot consistently get a guy to just go six or even five in some cases. Um, yep. Yeah. It, 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 that it, it it exploits precisely the 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 weakness that the Jays have. Now, is that to say any other team has a strength that way? I'm I'm not going to go out and say that either. Well, it does help the teams that built their rotations with depth, right? With good depth. So like the Dodgers, for example, or someone like that, right? Now but the, Do- the, the are- Dodgers weren't going to have a big hole in whatever playoff format was devised. <laughs> no, I know, but I'm just saying it like it creates a bigger gap. Whereas, yep. 
you know, before, like a lot of teams have a good starter or, or two starters, which the Jays have one, but, you know, and that narrows the gap between the teams in a short series with off days because then they don't have to pitch the fifth starter that, that may have been much better on the better team. Indeed. That is out the window now. But the Jays at least have these pitchers hatch, Merriweather, you know, Kay, if he's doing better, Pearson, when he comes back, they can go multiple innings to bridge to those late inning guys. So at least that could help mitigate this a little bit. Yeah. Hopefully they have to worry about it. That would be awesome. Yeah, if it was that would be awesome. Great. Uh, any other changes in the postseason? Other, well, well just don't play the yeah. bubbles. Yeah, the bubbles. How do you feel about them? Why not? I mean, try to keep it as safe as possible so the postseason doesn't get shut down, right? The less travel, the better. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm I'm kind of surprised that they're – I mean, it's just they have to fit in so many games that they're using four stadiums instead of – for the first round, right, instead of two. Yeah. Which is, is about as minimal as it gets. Um, and yeah, pick, pick the fair weather states. So you don't, uh, you don't have anything too extreme going on with, uh, weather. yeah, it's good works. All right. Uh, so we only have so many minutes left in the podcast, but allow us to begin the injury, um, update slash, uh, recovery update. So yeah, we'll do, we'll do this real fast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Bo Bichette returned since our last podcast, which I think the Blue Jays knew was, we, we knew it was going to happen um, this week anyway. So it's not a big surprise there. Um, I have not looked what, what, how, how well has Bo, Bo settled back into the lineup? Um, yeah, not so well yet, but he's hit some balls hard. Doesn't have a lot to show for it, but he's Bo Bichette. He's going to be good. And I'm not worried about him. Right. Uh, the next one I have is Derek Fisher, who we were going to talk about his defense briefly. Um, a lot of people saying he had the yips. Certainly botching two easy fly balls in one inning seems like more might have been going on than initially it appeared. Yeah, and it's uh, he doesn't run fast in the outfield. I don't know if it's in his own head, like he can't, you know, he's afraid to chase balls because he's a fast runner. But he looks like he has lead spikes on when he's like when he's running after balls in the outfield. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with him, but like, I, it's actually sad that he's hurt because he would have been a good option at DH. He's actually hitting pretty well, but he just does not belong in the outfield. Like he makes Teoscar Hernandez look like the best right fielder in baseball. Um, that, that wasn't very nice at all, Josh. Neither yeah. is seven runs on two errors from your right fielder. Um, yeah. okay. Uh, but he has a back issue. No, he got hit in the knee by a shoemaker in in the uh, in the live batting practice. Oh, right. It's Wagus back who has the back issue and he's out. Right, which we just found out today. Uh and then uh the big tier, Ken Giles, who had yeah. all of the potential in the world in every part of his body except the one elbow. Yeah. It's too bad. I mean, we we saw it before and you know, like he, he last year he came back from and he was fine, right? This year he came back and he was, you know, he was throwing ninety two, ninety three in his last outing, and it was just clearly he was you know, not right, and he wasn't. So he's back on the IL, and his his Jays tenure is probably finished. I think that's the saddest part is I everybody likes a good redemption story. You know, at the end of the at the end of the day, you'd like him, you know, to even Dustin McGowan here finished with his head held high on the mound. And that that's kind of a good feeling when someone, you know, can come back throwing again for your team. And Ken Giles is just the way it works out is probably going to do that somewhere else. Yeah. 
Uh, Teoscar Hernandez. He's back, baby. He's probably not swinging quite as enthusiastically because that was the problem in the first place. But <laughs> <laughs> He went out and came back in the time that we record, between we recording, I think. Um, uh, I didn't know we spent 10 days. Like, I just, I'm confused. Did we really spend 10 days between podcasts? No, we didn't. So he must have talked about him last time. But yeah, I mean, he got back super fast and... That's awesome because he's been their best player, their best hitter at least. Yeah. Uh, Wilmer needs him. Wilmer Font. I mean, I mean, after what's happened the last couple of days, why not? Like, <laughs> let's can it be let's, worse? Let's font it up. Let's go. Um, and like TJ Zoic is up too. I mean, they're just here because they need arms right now. Yeah, which is why you you alluded to Perez getting the outing, not doing well, while Perez got optioned. Um, yeah, huzzah! We need we need warm bodies. Uh, now we get in those are those are all the actual major changes that have happened already. Now we get into the slightly muddier water of you said Matt Shoemaker. You mentioned he is up to forty five pitches, so he is a couple of outings uh, in simulated games of some kind away from coming back. How far is Nate Pearson away from coming back? Are we clear on that? Yeah, I mean he's a little behind, but not much. He's he's also throwing to live hitters, so he's really close. He's just not building up the same way. So they actually might come back around the same time, but just Shoemaker will still be ahead because he's been able to build up pitches. Indeed, uh, and then the, the truly nebulous depths of what I don't even remember what Rowdy how Rowdy sprained knee on the mound. Oh right, yes, in the soft the soft underbelly of the ballpark. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he hurt himself somehow. And Jordan, I have a sprained ligament in the finger, Romano. Sprained finger. Yes, yes. Which, I mean, like I said to you when it first happened, I don't know how hard you have to throw to do that, but okay. Uh, these these are the truly man. We hope they come back, but we don't have a clear idea. Yeah. So Romano's throwing from I think it's he was at ninety feet a couple days ago. So he might be back for the end of the season or, or you know, if he's back healthy and hasn't thrown a pitch, but he's ready for the first round of the playoffs, you put him on the roster because why the hell not? Yeah. Literally what's the worst that could happen. Yeah. And then Alejandro Kirk is, you know, we didn't mention him, but he came up and which we weren't sure that was going to happen. Like we, you know, the way Montoya was talking, it didn't seem like, you know, it was going to, but it did. And I think there was a, you know, I think it was the move that they need to make because they need more offense out of uh... out of the collapsed singularity that is the catcher's position. Yeah, <laughs> it's literally nothing getting out of here. <laughs> no baseballs at all. Uh, yeah, so congratulations to Alejandro Kirk for sliding in in the most unlikely way to the the uh, COVID twenty twenty roster. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that is your injury update, which is. That's way too many names on that list, and I'm I'm kind of nervous that the season is going to continue for what two more weeks, and we could see a whole bunch more weirdness go on before it's over. Let's hope not. Let's indeed hope not. And while we hope not, and we do it like really strenuously for a few seconds and take a break, uh, after that we're going to come back with your questions about anything and everything. And uh, of course, Tanner Roark, we we can't forget him. Because he keeps giving up runs and home runs. It's hard to forget him completely. We'll be right back. And 
And we're completely refreshed. I assure everyone here that uh, there is nothing more refreshing than a quick musical interlude and an opportunity to think about whether or not we should answer your questions. To which, of course, the answer is a resounding yes. Time now to hear from our listeners. That just seems silly. Here are the rules. First I ask a question, then you ask a question. Now how does that sound, sweetheart? Could you repeat the question, please? So very many questions that we may indeed uh, have from you, and I have closed the tab once again. Why do I do that? I got it. Why do I uh, hit me with the first one while I open the tab back up? (laughs) Okay, so from Kevin at Kevin Chase Four. Following this series, will the Blue Jays blame the lighting in Yankee Stadium for their poor pitching performance? Uh, there are so many things you could you could try and blame. Um, they did. Yeah, yeah. Let's just do that. Let's turnabout is fair play. That's what I say. Um, but it, we, the complaint has to be there's too much lighting at Yankee Stadium. Yep. There's a glare <laughs> on the baseball. Uh, John McSee. Uh, at G-O-T-W-G-O-T-Y um, has two questions. What do you think? That He's way ahead of me. What do you think of the Jays' organizational philosophy in the drafts, trade, international free agents and free agency? In other words, do you see any unifying themes? For example, Cleveland seems to draft command and teach other things. Do we do similar things? And then the follow-up, who do you like in free agency? He loves Tanaka, um, thinking he could age well. T- Tanaka is certainly aging. Uh, what, what do you think of the Jays' organizational philosophy? Well, it's changed, right? I mean, I did that whole thing back when we were still with BP Toronto where they were getting all these outlier movement fastball guys. And I really do think that was intentional. And Ross Atkins somewhat confirmed it to me, um, but not completely. And, But that was sort of what you do when you're operating on the fringes, right? And, you know, they're now they're, – they're, their philosophy is – when it comes to the foreign levels is just to get this tools, right? Get the big fastballs, big, you know, spin. And they, and they really like spin rate. Like that, that's very clear. They talk about that spin rate on breaking balls a lot. So, you know, like it, it's pretty much like what every team has. I don't think there's anything specifically different right there that you can, that we could pick out on our own. I think that's the problem is when, when teams figure out a smart thing to do, um, a couple of teams get a certain advantage by, by getting on the smart thing, like, like, you know, Moneyball Days was on base percentage and then um, it was spin rate. Like, you, you look for something smart to do. If, if it turns out that the thing you were looking for isn't that smart, well, now you've, you've poured some resources into the not-so-smart thing. Uh, but on the flip side, if you are following someone else who's proven they know a smart thing, uh, you, you're already behind them. So you're kind of in a, in a rough spot. It, I think probably the best the Blue Jays ever did in terms of that was, was something, again, you can't really do again, which was to go scout in a place where no one was scouting, which was... Um, yeah, I mean, you're, you could do it in Europe, I guess, but yeah, the Dominican Republic for the Jays in the 80s, or 70s and 80s. Yeah. Um, what do I think of their philosophy? I think that they, they're going to end up being a middle-of-the-road sort of philosophy that if they spend money, it's they are going to be able to determine where to spend it in the right place. Like Hyunjin Ryu is obviously the right place. Uh, Baseball Her asks, why so many blowouts this season? And and I, I think her avatar is face palming, which I don't know. Maybe that's just a 2020 thing. Um, why so many blowouts? Is it because there are two Blue Jays teams out there right now? I think so. Yeah, there's, there's the team that pitches when it, it's already gone badly. And there's like the, the Blue Jays really have not 
lost it late, have they? Not, well, not as a, with any regularity, right? You, yeah, at the beginning of the season they did. Um, and we talked about that with regularity, that they were just choking and pissing away games. Forgive the language there, but, you know, with some decisions and bad defense and things like that. But it's come, yeah, the Jays' defense is bad, and sometimes the pitchers they put out there are bad because the game is out of hand. I'm, and it just turns really bad when they're facing a team that hits as many home runs as the Yankees do. Or the Mets, actually. They're two of the best-hitting teams in baseball, so... Uh, and, of course, the worst part is that they're facing the Yankees where they hit literally twice as many home runs as they do outside of that stadium. Yeah. And just quickly with John McSee, uh, George Springer, that's who they should go get. Oh, hey, why not? Oh, you just gotta, <laughs> Does he bring his trash can with him? or Why not? Yeah, absolutely. Jazar took their hitting coach, so, you know. Why didn't it work? Um, anyway, uh, at least he didn't get suspended, I guess. Uh, okay. So do we have any, we don't have any other questions. That was a brief, but informative bit of questions. Yep. What we do have, of course, is the, uh, eternally optimistic Tanner Roark, uh, who I'm going to give a do over right here. Oops. I said the quiet part loud and the loud part quiet. <laughs> but what if you could do it all over again? But what I really meant was... Ah, uh, yes. Uh, maybe he should have just said the quiet part quiet and the quiet part even, the loud part even quieter. Um, Tanner Roark, after his last start, was convinced that he was better than he, than than the Blue Jays would let him show, didn't he? Wasn't he? Yeah, he was complaining about... Oh, God, I'll just read it. <laughs> so he said, he came out and he said, I felt like I got taken out too early. I think that's horse crap when he's asked about you know, limiting starters to two turns through the, through the order. Just because the computers are saying something different, I hate it. I'm old school. They signed me here for a reason, to not go three, four innings and throw only a certain amount of pitches. I throw a lot of pitches. I go as deep as I can. I don't know. That's baseball. They started last year and again this year, keeping that trend going. I disagree with it. Not everyone's the same. Not everyone throws 98 miles an hour. It's not about what you do, like how you pitch. It's about how well you pitch, Right. And this is the part where they really, really earns a do-over. Like, he can be upset because he's like an innings eater. But he also talked about like – he said, I know if this was a 162-game season and we made the playoffs come August, we can't have relievers being exhausted. It's not a 162-game season, which is why they're doing it the way they are. Yeah. But, but the big one. He said the, the third trip through the order was when true grit comes out and it shows who you are as a pitcher, shows your manhood a little bit. It's like – and he talked about like the battle between the hitter and the pitcher at that point. It's like, or you can just be better and go have better pitchers. And then, you know, I realize I'm monopolizing this a bit, but it's like, and then he went out and gave up all the runs to the Yankees in his next start. Uh, and he got exactly two batters into that third time through the order where he was, you know, going to be good before he, he ran out of pitches and uh, they did not run out of runs. Um I understand his desire to defend his abilities. Um, and I, I do sympathize up to a point if he was not, if he was misled about what was going to happen in a particular game by management. Which he was in that one, actually like that. They said that that was the plan and they didn't tell him, which is a mistake on Jay's, the Jay's management part. Yes. Um, but beyond that, you are exactly the kind of pitcher who should not be seeing a lineup the third time through. And your results all... It's not like he was having a great season and they started limiting his pitches. 
He's been giving up home runs like a madman. He's given up 14 home runs in 39 innings. Like, just put it on a T, man. So, yeah. It's um, harder to hit a home run off a T than off Tanner Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. The, the do-over is just, is just pitch better. You, know, talk, you can talk if you pitch better. If you're not pitching well, just suck it up. Yeah, if you're if you're getting taken out, it's it's not because they're uh, they're ma- they don't like you. It's because they don't like your results. So if you had better results, you can stick around. Yeah, fair enough. All right, so th- there we are. We have uh, twiddled and twirled our way through another podcast. This was almost like a, a normal week of baseball. I feel like we have not had a normal week of baseball in quite a while, but. I like it. Kind of like it. Even if the Jays didn't have a great week. What do you bring me for your final thoughts, sir? So it's kind of sad that, you know, that, that some of the guys have pitched a little better because I was really hoping to be able to say that Santiago Espinal did not have the lowest, the highest ERA on the pitching staff. Well, wait, no, he doesn't. Trent nope. Thornton and Hector Perez are both over 10. And Ken Giles is over 9. So, yeah, he doesn't. <laughs> Because two innings, he's pitched twice. <laughs> two innings, two runs. Well, you know, um, I think I think you want to you want to be consistent, is what they say, right? So two innings, two runs, it's, it's consistent, especially for position player pitching. Yeah. Uh, I would just like to observe that with all of the weirdness of the schedule and season in 2020, um, and all of the COVID, you know, tracking and postponements that I did not see coming that that a game would be postponed for smoke and air quality. I. I, I my bingo card didn't even have that square on it. So 2020, you win again. Okay. You've, you continue to ruin baseball in new and interesting ways, and I surrender. Okay, uh, you have been Joshua Housem at Joshua Housem, and I have been uh, Greg Wisniewski at Coolhead 2010, and this has been episode number 183 of Artificial Turf Wars, and we'll talk at you next week. Mm-hmm.